0: Welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. My name is Casey. And
1: my name is Matt. I've got my Miller Lite poured, ready to talk some frozen.
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are into episode... I think this is like episode 47. Yeah, episode number 47 of our our regular recordings. And a while back, Matt and I both agreed that at some point, we could not do a, a Disney podcast without talking about the phenomenon that is Frozen. Uh not just the movie Frozen, but Frozen 2, Frozen, the Broadway musical, the, the soundtrack, the merchandise, the in-park experiences. Frozen, for something that has only been around for seven years, has completely reinvigorated the Disney world and the disney universe to the point that it took disney executives by surprise it took the public by surprise just the two movies alone right so just the two movies alone the first movie frozen grossed 1.28 billion dollars and then frozen 2 uh released last year 2019 grossed $1.45 billion, becoming the number one highest grossing uh, 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 animated uh, musical, animated feature of all time. And that just accounts for the two movies. That doesn't account for all the (laughs) rest of the stuff. So that's what Matt and I are going to really talk about today is just some factoids, some things to know about Frozen, Kind of where it came from. Matt's dug up some facts. I've got some facts. We both have some really interesting experience because we also worked for the Disney store during this period as well. So, Matt, did I do a pretty good job of teeing this thing up for how big it is?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a a big, jam packed episode, and I'm really excited for it. So, I have to start, and I'm sure you've dug this up, but the idea that this movie was originally thought up by Walt Disney just tickled me. I I loved that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's based on, it's based on, um, a, a Hans Christian Andersen's, uh, his, his story, the snow queen basically. And back in 1937, um, Walt was thinking of an idea, um, of how he could adapt this right and and it went through many iterations same some of the stuff that we know today like little mermaid um some other ones they were all thought of but at the time a lot of the time it had to deal with you know could they do it could they do it justice you know you can actually pull up some concept art that was drawn uh by disney or by his team Uh, uh, on the snow queen and and things that he was thinking and it got shelved. I mean, if you think about it, 2000, you know, 1937 to 2000, 1937 to 2013, my God, that's, that's 76 years that this thing was shelved, right? Well, and it was also
1: shelved in throughout the nineties. They kept trying to revive it and revive it and revive it. And it just never got off the ground. Like think about, this, I mean, this movie would have been tailor made for that '90s, you know, Renaissance era with the Eisner era, and it, it just kept getting shelved, kept getting shelved. And I, I wonder who was the person that has been working at Walt Disney Animation Studios for like forty or fifty years and had gone through all this that when and that when it finally came out, they go,
0: they went, we've been sitting on this for forty years. <laughs> But again though, the reason one of the reasons why I think this movie works and, and the franchise works is because it is a drastically different uh, story than Prince and Princess fall in love, true love's kiss, you know all that stuff. I mean at one point, even into the story writing of the original movie, Elsa was the villain. I mean, Elsa was the bad person, right? And, and, you know, here we are 2020 with 2020 vision pun intended. It's hard for us to say, wow, this started out with Elsa as the villain. And at some point as they kind of went through, you know, they made the decision, um, to make Elsa. In fact, if you read up on it, the, the breakthrough actually happened as the, the songwriting team, um, uh, the Lopez and Anderson Lopez, they wrote Let It Go, and when they wrote Let It Go, they realized that, you know what, Elsa's a lot more complex, a lot more vulnerable, a lot more sympathetic of a character, and that if they did not revitalize her and change her and reimagine her, this would flop. The
1: snow glows white on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it, and heaven knows
0: I tried.
1: Going back, so the original concept art has her with light blue skin, short spiky hair, and a coat of living weasels. That was going to be her, like, <laughs> look.
0: Um, oh. But you're
1: absolutely right that it was Let It Go that they decided to make her more of a misunderstood. She's a misunderstood. She doesn't understand her powers and where she fits in. And, yeah, that, that drastically changed this uh, uh, movie. And from what I gather, Let It Go was written in, like, a day.
0: You know what? Well, it doesn't surprise me. Actually, I remember watching a short documentary on that, that um, the, the, the parts of the of the the song that sound like a drag queen would sing them were written by the husband, like, you know, snow glows bright on the mountain night, you know, like you know, that that's, you know, <laughs> not a footprint to be seen, you know, like if it sounds like a uh, kingdom of isolation and it looks like I'm the queen, you know, like that, 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 that was written by the husband of the duel, Right. I, I want to go to this a little bit too, because I think this is really important. I remember sitting in the theater when the trailer for this debuted. Now, I don't remember exactly what movie it was that the trailer for this debuted. I'm sure we could probably search, but I remember, and here's the deal. The trailer is Olaf. There is no Anna. There is no Elsa. It's Olaf and I think Sven, the original teaser trailer. <laughs> Hello. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, uh, uh,
1: ah!
0: (gasps) (gasps) I and I just remember seeing this and remember going, Oh, that's cute, you know, but like the trailer didn't spark like, oh, I gotta go see that. It was just it was just a real simple. I think Olaf was playing around or something. Or he, was, he was chasing a snowflake, I think. He was trying to catch a snowflake on his tongue or something. I, I don't know. And he falls down a hill. But like I remember that this movie seemed so unassuming, so not not like it was gonna be this groundbreaking thing. I don't believe Disney thought that they. I don't think they had thought they had a hit on their hand. I know they didn't think that they had a monumental society culture shifting moment on their hand, and that is evidenced by the merchandise shortages of when the movie debuted. I remember. So I, I, I was not with
1: the company when Frozen debuted in 2013. But I worked with a lot of cast members who were. And you talked to those cast members about those days. They were doing lottery drawings in order to buy Elsa dresses. Yep. And and the funny thing was they said this stuff sat. It sat. You know, merch comes out before yep. the movie comes out. Like it's,
0: almost like 45 days. It's like 45 yeah. days before the movie comes out. And it's true for every Disney movie ever, the merch is going to set. Because no one knows what it is. Do you remember Coco when the Coco merchandise came out? And it sat there. It sat there. And then the movie came out and boom, it was gone. And we never got it back in.
1: No. um, Yeah, yeah. And so so pro tip, honestly, within this, we're going to give a pro tip. If you think you're going to like a movie, go to the Disney store, order it from Disney less than 30 days from when the movie releases or when you're going to go see it. Then if you see the movie and hate it, you just return it because you're within the 30 days. Yep. But if you see it and love it, then you
0: have the shirt, the toy, the plush, the whatever. I so- did that with the Moana classic doll because when Moana came out, I, I just had this feeling that Moana was going to be just as popular. And it was, but they had ordered more merch, which was good. But I text my brother. It, hey, I'm going to get Lily a Moana uh, classic doll for Christmas. Don't get it. She didn't even knew who Moana was at that point. But I didn't want her to go see the movie and want the doll and not be able to get the doll. You know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, so, pro- so, back, to,
0: yeah, so back to Frozen, though. So I agree. With you. I wasn't working for the company either. I started in 2014. So I started that September the year after, right? So we were heading into holiday and everything was going to be about frozen that year and i and, and the store that i was working at was a brand new store it was opening that september and i remember being told by the assistant manager at the time um we've set our frozen already even though it doesn't debut until 2 weeks from now but we'll be but by but we won't be opening until that day And I didn't really understand how monumental that was until, like you said, it was all about lotteries. It was all about the dolls, you know, like and and still I started when we had we still had limits on that stuff. You could only buy uh, a limit of two frozen items at all that that first year I was there. Wow. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. And and in that first year, we sold out of Frozen dresses. We sold out of the Elsa and Anna Classic dolls were never part of the promotion. In fact, when you and I were working there, I think that, when I, that 2017, when I started with you at, at the, the Woodfield store, I, I think they were still not part of the promotion. I yeah, mean, they started
1: creeping in there every okay. so often, but they, they were the ones, if there were ones that were going to be excluded, Frozen
0: was the ones. Absolutely. So that obviously started the momentum. I, I remember hearing people, crazy conspiracy theories that Disney put some kind of a music rhythm into the Let It Go song to make kids want to sing it over and over again. So they bought more merchandise. Remember hearing that theory?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I have, I have a child. <laughs> and, and, and guess what happens? What, do, what is my favorite? She hears a song and she goes, again, 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 again. Uh-huh. Today alone I have listened to Head and Shoulders knees and toes, knees um, and toes. at least 10 times and that's just today. Like in Head and Shoulders knees and toes it is not pushing any merch. It is simply pushing knowing the parts of your body and it just like that's how kids are. They latch on to something and they want it again and again and again and again and again. That that's that's that's
0: kids. You're saying it wrong, Matt. It's Head and Shoulders knees and toes. Knees and toes. You got to get that second knees and toes in there, man. Come on.
1: (laughs) Seriously. It makes Uh, funny sounds and it takes them off. And so that's also the fun part is that sounds. Anyway, I digress.
0: Right. But you are absolutely correct. That is how little kids operate. I also think that one of the reasons why that movie resonated with so many people is because it did drastically depart from the traditional narrative. Yes, there is a love interest for Anna, but you know what? Anna's her own woman, right? There's actually two love interests for Anna. The one ends up being a complete jerk, which, by the way, is a completely insane, like, when it happens, you go, what? But then when you go back and watch the movie a second time, you see all these cues of how he's going to be a jerk to begin with.
1: Interesting fact there. This is the first instance of a princess singing a duet with a villain. Ah, I can, yeah, you're right. It absolutely is. <laughs> Which makes me want more nineties. Like I want Simba and Scar duet, I want an Ariel and Ursula duet. I want ah. a, like come on. Give me a give
0: me a Jasmine and Jafar duet. Yeah. We're good to go, right? Seriously. Princess Uh it's someone who's dying to meet you. Um okay. But it did. It 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 completely diverted from the traditional narrative of of princess movies you know to that sisterly bond between elsa and anna you know that true love doesn't have to be between between two people who who are in love it can be between two people who love one another in different ways mother son you know sister brother sister sister whatever the case may be you had sisters
1: this became i know a ton of sisters who this became their
0: movie because they, they were sisters Yep, absolutely. There is a large portion of the Disney fan base that did not like this movie, that felt it was shallow, that it, was, it lacked backstory, it lacked exposition. How did Elsa get her powers? How wh- why is she like this? What did happen with her parents? Where were her parents going? And Disney did a good job in terms of inserting some easter eggs in there. You know, Rapunzel shows up to the wedding and there was the theory that they were off to uh to I think Rapunzel and Flynn's wedding and then there was the theory of, you know, that the 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 crash um, you know, crashed and landed at the bottom of the sea. And then that was the, the shipwreck that Ariel is exploring. And then there's the theory that uh, Tarzan is the the uh, the, the stepbrother or the, the half-brother of Anna and Elsa. And those were all allowed to literally marinate for six years. And some of them got confirmed until Frozen 2. Now, I don't want to talk Frozen 2 yet because there's two very important things that happen in between here, which are those shorts, right? You have the Frozen short of uh, Frozen Fever, which came out... What, what year did that come out? I'm going to say that was 2015 or 2016, right? Uh, I I don't remember exactly
1: the year, but yeah, around that time.
0: Yeah, so that was a short that debuted at the front of... I believe it was live-action Cinderella.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: I think it was live-action Cinderella. So whenever that came out... And that was the first time we got to see Anna and Elsa since Frozen. I loved that short. I, 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 That one to me was amazing. The song is a fun song. I love the whole gotta follow the string to find all these presents. I love that Elsa is able to kind of take a step back and humble herself. An I'm giving you the sun, the moon, and the sky. I'm
1: making today.
0: And then they did the one in 2018, which was Olaf's Frozen Adventure. What was your take on that one?
1: It's not as bad as people say it is, oh. But, oh. I, but I also I don't think it's the best thing. Here's, here's the situation. This is, in my mind, universal. When you try to take a side character and make them the main character, it doesn't work. Side Mm. characters are side characters for a reason. Perfect example of this in my mind. Finding Dory is really not that great of a movie because you're taking this side character and trying to make her the main character when she did hot take. I, 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 yeah, I mean, but I just think she she does a better job at a supporting role. I guess. Imagine if we were to have a Sebastian movie. If they were to come out with Sebastian the movie,
0: you'd be like. Okay. No, I agree with you there. I, I I don't want to see a Sebastian movie, but hold. Well, we're gonna pause the Finding Dory because of the two Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. It, Dory is clearly the better of the two. So, okay. Yeah. You convinced me lined up. <laughs> yeah, we might have to have a battling convince me on that one. man. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, let's put that one aside because we're on Frozen. We don't want to freeze Dory and Nemo in their lake in the lake. So, I agree with you. I, the, my problem with Frozen, uh, for uh, Olaf's Frozen Adventure is it was clearly a short created to sell holiday merchandise. 100%. That is the only reason it was created. And I love Disney, but that is 100% what they did because they merchandised the hell out of that short.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't you you can get oh my goodness
0: yeah don't you remember there was the advent calendar that came out there were all the little plush things that you didn't know who these characters were but they were based on a 15 minute short there was the snow globe that disney does disney Store does every year they do a snow globe a holiday snow globe and every year it's Mickey and Minnie except the year that frozen Olaf's frozen adventure came out it was Olaf It completely destroyed my collection. I didn't want Olaf. I wanted Mickey and Minnie. Why did you have to do that? Well, and
1: and honestly, you were not the only person that thought that. Like Mm. we had a tough time selling those because while Olaf, I believed, is a well liked character, he is not a beloved character. And so, whenever you are doing yearly things like that, whether it's you know the plush or uh, snow globe or around Halloween time where they do uh, Halloween baskets, it's gotta be fab five or stitch like that. Th- those are the only characters that really sell. Cause even there was one time where it was a Winnie the Pooh ornament. Yeah,
0: you know? it was. And it and did, that, did. Even did that try. one. Did. Yep, Agreed. hundred percent, hundred percent. So that gave me pause. Like when, when they, you know, you go from frozen fever, which again, was an amazing short in my mind because Again, to your theory, it features the main protagonist. It features Elsa. It features you do have a little bit of Olaf and Sven, even marshmallows in that. Which is, in fact, that's where um, the snowgies come from. The snowgies come from Frozen Fever. Like, like they weren't in the original Frozen. They come from Frozen Fever, right? So, you know, that was very well done. And then you go to this, which felt more rushed for me. It left me going, ooh what is frozen two going to be like? Because I was worried if the, if that was the kind of the, the if they were going to go more Olaf, uh, I don't know if that's the right take, you know? So that's kind of where we were at now, before we get into frozen two, let me ask you, have you watched on Disney plus the documentary of making a frozen two?
1: I have not. I've been on a, binging a couple other shows. And so it just hasn't, Got, i haven't gotten around to it i'm behind a lot of my documentaries casey
0: <laughs> i know you are so i'm going to tell you that when you do decide to sit down and watch it just plan to watch it all the way through like it, it, i i watched it all in one sitting i sat and watched for six hours straight that is how good this thing is
1: wow
0: holy smokes man to watch the creation, the deadlines, how literally up until 90 days before they had not finished this movie. Like, it, it, it is mind-blowing to watch how Frozen 2 kind of came into creation. So I, I want to transition that, but before we do, do you have anything else to talk about in terms of Frozen, the shorts, anything else merch-related for the original before we get into Frozen 2? Well, really, I
1: mean, the last thing to kind of say would be the ride that Frozen Ever After oh, yeah. <laughs> then kind of kind of came into Epcot, and that was another controversial one because it took out the Norway ride and mm-hmm. put IP in there. But I'm sorry, you, you really thought they weren't going to put a Frozen ride like you like <laughs> yeah. like that was going to happen? And I'll be honest, I, I like the ride. It's it's got some fun stuff to it. Um, it's not my favorite ride ever. But I, I think it's I think it's good. I enjoy well, it. There,
0: well and, and the reason for that too, I mean and, and I wanna you know be clear on this, two thousand and fourteen, I believe it was, was the summer of Frozen in Disney's Hollywood Studios. They they did they had they had like hourly times were down sunset or hollywood boulevard it snowed they handed out fans that had olaf on it they had the frozen sing-along installed the lines for anna and elsa at the time which were in ebcot which i don't think they're in ebcot well, maybe they are still in ebcot they i don't are. know yeah. but the lines at the time to just meet anna and elsa would go for eight or ten hours to meet anna and elsa for a one just one little thing to meet them that I mean, it, people were craving it. And the reason why they decided to do this was that Disney got so much criticism, so much flack, that it took them years and years to install any kind of IP into their parks for some of their greatest hits, right? and And even when they did, they were inferior ride so take a hit like aladdin the only aladdin attraction at the parks is that magic carpet ride which is basically a glorified dumbo there is no lion king attraction other than festival of the lion king right little mermaid has the the dark ride but that came that that came when new fantasy land came in but my point is this, is they got flack all the way around. And so they wanted to capitalize on Frozen as quickly as possible. They knew that Hugh Maelstrom was floundering it didn't have a lot of attendance. It was in the perfect spot because, again, Anna, or Frozen was inspired by Norwegian culture. And so they closed it down. They did a revamp. And to your point, it's not... It's not a complete retelling of the movie. It's the Frozen Festival or the Arendelle Festival where they're retelling the adventures of what happened, right? So it, 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 it has some thrill elements because you go backwards for a little bit, you encounter Marshmallow, you know, all that stuff. So it, it does a really good job. And it still, to this day, commands hours-long wait. So, I mean, clearly there is demand for it for as much pushback as people had. Oh, you're taking Maelstrom out. It clearly has met the demand that people wanted, and it's a well done ride.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. the last time I went, I actually walked on it and waited 45 minutes. I was shocked.
0: Wow, 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 wow. That's great. I got lucky. Yeah, you did. So let's then transition to Frozen 2. Clearly, they wanted to do a sequel, which, by the way, says a lot because when you look at the history of sequels that Disney has done, I now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of any Disney animated sequels that came before this, besides the ones that went direct to video.
1: Um, it would have been uh Ralph Breaks the internet would have been the only one um, yeah, that there you go was, was a theatrical release. Sequels were not really a thing until really the early 2000s that like for animated movies anyway that I mean, are.
0: Pixar... Pixar has been known for them because they did Toy Story and then Toy Story 2 and then Toy Story 3. And
1: we'll talk about this in a later episode with Toy Story, but Toy Story 2 was supposed to be direct-to-video, and they upped it last minute. So, But that's a whole other story. so so
0: Pixar is probably a little bit more adventurous when it comes to that, I would say. But again, like you said, early 2000s versus they really, really weren't a thing. If they were a sequel, it was a direct-to-video sequel. Oh, um, Rescuers Down Under. That was the, that was yeah, the that only was other sequel question. that got a theatrical that was a release. a trivia question that got me a few episodes back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that's my point. So other than that, it, it happens very few and far between. But they knew they were going to want to do it, but they had to do it right. I mean, they, they absolutely had to do it right because they could, they could risk completely. They knew that they were going to have to address some of the criticisms, right? So how did Elsa get her powers? Where did her parents go? What's happening with Anna and 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 Kristoff uh, at this point? Like there were some things that were going to get have to get addressed in this. And when you think about it, seven years from, well, six years from when the first one comes out to when the next one comes out, that is actually a very long period of time for a sequel, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask this? Is it really that big of a deal to know where her powers came from?
0: For me, like, you know, not for me, but I know there's a great big bunch of people out there who wanted to know what, like the, the exposition, where she, where it came from.
1: Like, I don't hate the exposition that they give in frozen Two. I, I I don't mean to say that I didn't need it, but I I don't mind coming into a movie and saying, all right, she's got powers. Great. Like she has them and that's just what it is. And she was born that way. And yep. Okay. I I I sometimes feel like we have to over-explain things, and I talked about this in the "Honey I Shrunk the, the Honey I Shrunk the" episode, where we now need these like airtight plots that we can't just say, okay. Here's a person and she's got powers. Just accept that, okay? Like, it's like, no, no, no. I need where those powers came from and how she got them. And it has to be realistic and airtight in that. Otherwise, I'm going to have more questions. Like, I I, I think sometimes we feel like we need to over explain things when we really don't.
0: Maybe I'm more of the latter type of person. I have always been, first of all, I'm not critical. I'm not going to be the, oh my God, the movie is ruined because this isn't explained to me. But I have always been the type of person who, when a sequel is produced, almost always, I mean, without a fault, I think there's very few exceptions, almost always, I prefer the sequel over the original. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, it's true for the Back to the Series uh, trilogy. I prefer number two and number three over the first one. Uh, the The Matrix trilogies, I prefer the second and third one over the first one. Lord of the Rings. I think that the third Lord of the Rings is the best of all three of them. You know, and we can go down this list. I have Oceans, uh, well, Oceans 11. So my favorite, Oceans 13 is better than Oceans 11. Like, I can go down this list and say that in almost all cases, I prefer sequels to the originals because it builds on the in-universe exposition, backstory, character even retcons i'm okay with if they're done well and i think that is one of the reasons why i do prefer frozen 2 like twice as better than the original like frozen 2 hands down beats the original like two times as better like it's and and for me it's richer it's more mature it, it has such an elaborate backstory. It's got an understory to it, but you wouldn't be able to do Frozen 2 if you didn't have Frozen 1. You know what I mean? In her waters deep and true
1: lie the answers and a path for you dive down deep into her
0: sound but not too far or you
1: Oh, uh, I'm I'm in your boat to be honest with you. I, I thought that Frozen 2 really hit it out of the park. Like they hit a home run with it. And and, and part of that may be because they had a whole movie plus two shorts. To set up the characters, you know, we uh, you and I have talked about this in MCU movies, where part of the reasons why the later movies are so good is because uh, they can develop the characters and then we don't have to waste that time developing them. So by Frozen 2, this is the fourth time, you know, not movie sense, but the fourth time in a separate thing that we've seen them. And so we've developed the characters a little bit more. And so we don't have to waste as much time doing that.
0: This is one of the reasons why you really do need to see this documentary, because you will be blown away at how late in the game some of the story making decisions are made. So you would think going into a movie, the script, the storyboards, the underlying story, all that stuff uh, is um, is plotted out before they start animating. Right. Well. No, it's not. So I'm going to give you a little tidbit here, a little, little little inside scoop into this documentary. Nine months before the release of this movie, they still did not know who the voice was that was calling to Elsa. Whoa. They did not know whether it was elsa's conscience whether it was some mystic spirit whether it was her mom they didn't know in fact i guess every three months leading up to the movie they have what's called a brain trust so what they do is think about all the heavy hitter directors producers animators that work for disney and pixar there's like a hundred of them or 50 of them or whatever they will go in together. So directors who are working on other movies, everybody comes together literally every three months and they go into the screen room, closed door, and they show whatever they've got done so far. Animation, storyboards, sometimes just words on a screen as the movie's progressing. The nine months before this movie was set to hit the theaters, they did not know who the voice was. They were going to, three months before the movie was set to hit the theaters, show yourself, was one decision away of being cut because it didn't work. You are the one you've been waiting for.
1: Gosh, that's the uh, hot take here that's the best song
0: in this movie well, you got to watch that documentary because what saved the movie what saved the movie or what saved the story and made it work was when the songwriting team the lopez's along with the director of the movie collaborated and they figured out that they needed to put in the friggin lullaby at the beginning of the movie and and they need to make it the mom that's singing this, that's calling to her. And when they did that, the song worked. They recorded the song like eighty-five days before the movie hit the theaters, and they wow. got it animated in there. Like that blows my mind. And to that think they are about, that
1: close. and to think about both Frozen movies were pretty much—I don't they saved because you can't say they would be bad without these things, but were what they are today because of two songs. Yeah. Let it go and The Lullaby at the beginning. <laughs> that, that that those are the two songs that that like pivoted these movies into what they are.
0: Yeah. And, and, and again, I don't want to spoil the documentary, but there's some other parts in it. Like Kristoff was supposed to have a completely different song. They actually recorded a completely different song than Lost in the Woods. And it and, oh. and they had it, they had it partially animated and they dropped it because it didn't work. I want to get this right, baby. I want to thrill you in the way you deserve. I want to blow your mind, darling.
1: I'm just having trouble getting up the nerve. I want to give you what you want. I want to be the man you choose. I want to sweep you off your feet without puking on your shoes. Maybe I'll do better in the candlelight. I gotta get this right. No, no. When you're gone,
0: I'm the one who sees you home. But now I'm lost in the woods. And I don't know what path
1: you are on. I love that song, too. Like, I, this is why I think Frozen 2 is a better movie. The only song... The, the, the only song that I, the, I guess there's two of them that I think are better. Olaf's song in Summer, I think, is better than his song in this one. I, I, it, it's fine, but I, I don't love his song. It's funny, but it's not great. Um, and then Into the Unknown is okay to me. Um, it, it's, it's fine, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, it's a fun song, and it was meant to be. It, 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 honestly, here's the thing. It was not meant to be the song it was not meant to be the frozen Two let it go uh show yourself self was supposed to be the frozen Two let it go but into the unknown ended up being the one that everyone hooked on to or at least most people hooked on to so time this airs your daughter will be here and so you might have some time on your hand watch this documentary watch this yeah, documentary. I'll have to check it out um <laughs> anyway uh so yeah so here we are we're 35 minutes in when you when we think about Frozen, I don't see this train stopping. I don't know. I know they took Frozen off of Broadway, and that has a lot to do with COVID and everything going on. But where do they go to next? What do you think is next for the Frozen franchise? Do they go to a third one, do you think? That was going to be my question. I, I think it, they have to.
1: Not I shouldn't say they have to, but clearly they've proven they can make a great sequel. Mm-hmm. And so... Why would you not keep this train going? Because I do think, you know, I, I don't think that Frozen is ever going to go away. But you do want to make sure it's solidified as um, a classic. I I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, it, maybe I'm overthinking it here. But I feel like you're missing an opportunity if you don't do a third one.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Know- I, you know what i I don't, I really don't know because i I think you're right that I think you're right that they've got the popularity, they've got it going, but the problem they run into is they have more to lose and more to risk by bringing another one into it. because if it fails, if it fails, um then they get accused of um you know, Disney you know just trying to capitalize and you know profit making etc 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 um i think that they can keep the franchise the memory the inspiration alive through attractions through merchandise I, I you know if you think about some of the princesses that are out there when was the last time a little mermaid movie was made yet Ariel is one of the biggest princesses ever she's the most on-demand princess probably other than Elsa Anna and Rapunzel right so so you know and they were able to keep Tangled alive really without having to make another movie although they did a tv series maybe they do a tv series I don't know I mean that could be one way they go I, with it
1: I would be into that I it, it, as as we have talked about on the show and when we talked about the Mandalorian I am more positive on TV series mm-hmm. than I am on movies sometimes because you can do so much more in an eight episode arc than you can in a two and a half hour movie. So, I mean, that, that would be incredibly interesting. I mean, there's lots of ways you could go for it. You could go next generation that uh, Christoph and Anna have kids oh, yeah. um, and, and what happens with them. I, think I think mean, they you could now, powers, the- who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that they are ruling two king, different kingdoms, there could be another threat that comes in from the outside and they have to work together. I, 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 am very clearly not a, uh, uh, creative storyboard person. I'm sure there are people working at the Walt Disney company that have way better ideas than I do, but I, but also, you know, I, I'm going to contradict myself from two minutes ago. So take this past Matthew, um, <laughs> You could also leave this alone and it, it'd be fine. It's going to sell the merch. It's the park ride is going to fill the capacity. The meet and greets are going to be long lines and, and that that's going to be what it is for the rest of time.
0: Yeah, I agree. One thing I want to call out um, before we close out the show. So uh, this, one of the things we talked about on the haunted mansion episode a, a few weeks back was how, how much, how important it is to realize that these attractions, these movies, these works of art that we as fans come to appreciate, they are made by humans. They are made by people with lives and stories and families and everything. One of the things that the the documentary talks about midway, well, I want to say probably four or five episodes into it. It's like the second to last episode. So the the showrunners, the people who made the movie, the director and the producer were Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck. So Chris Buck, he had a son who, through tragedy, um, died um, uh, 24 days before the film's release. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were able to put into this film a tribute to him. Chris Buck's son's name was writer. And I don't know if you remember in the woods, there is a character that Kristoff friend befriends and his name is writer. Yeah. That is a direct tribute to Chris Buck's son in the life that he lived. I just, when I hear stories like that, when I hear, you know, that again, these grand things that we fall in love with as fans have backstories, have humans, have people who are telling these stories. When you hear something like that, it just makes you appreciate even more the work of art that has been put in front of you. And as somebody who is creative and has a you know, I love to create things. Even this podcast, Matt, you know, this is a work of of love for you and I, right? We we, we love doing this. And whether we have one person listening or a hundred person listening or a hundred, hundred, a thousand people listening, we love doing it because this is a passion of ours. And we put it out there hoping that other people find um, find joy in it. And so when you see someone create something like this, and you see it become successful and you see the humanization behind it. I just think that's so cool. I really do. Yeah,
1: I mean, you, you hit it on the head that it, it's real people. And I think that's sometimes hard to forget that there was a real person that just that crafted Elsa and made her what she is today and a real person that voices all of these characters mm. and, put time into these characters. And I I think that's really, it, it, it makes the movie, honestly, it makes me like all movies even
0: more. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. And it makes you think twice before you give it too much criticism, at least too much harsh criticism. It's okay to criticize, but remember this is a, this is life work for a lot of people or the very least a hobby or a passion for people. And it takes a lot to put yourself out there. So
1: yeah. All well, right. I know this is going to be a big movie in our household because uh, I'll have two daughters and so they will be sisters. And my anticipation is that we already have Anna, Elsa and Kristoff books. So it's coming.
0: <laughs> All right, my friend, it is closing time. If you'd like to get a hold of us folks, you can do that by emailing us at beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. New episodes are released every Tuesday and Friday. All right, Matt, let's close out the show, buddy.
1: Yeah, well, um, we're going to raise a glass. My glass is empty right now, but we'll raise (laughs) our glasses. This episode has been on us, and we will see you all next time
0: have a great rest There's of your night guys you. sin reasons I should go about my day and ignore your whispers which I wish would go away oh.